0: Whatever happens, whatever God brings my way, I am saved, I am redeemed. Not because I'm a wonderful person, but because I have an amazing Savior. Well, good morning, church. This might be the first time you've heard this today. Happy Boxing Day. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment, okay? It's great that we get together on this day right after Christmas to remember our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's great that this year, uh, Christmas is so close to Sunday. And we're in a series at the moment. We're talking about promises that God made and that Jesus fulfilled. And it's an amazing thing that we get together to celebrate that promise today. And today, our focus will be on the promise of peace, peace that God promises and that Jesus fulfills that I pray as we gather together around this text, around Luke chapter two, I, I pray that you will see again this gift of peace as it's meant to be understood and received and experienced and worship the God who brings that peace to us. So Luke chapter two, if you've not turned there already, I encourage you to do that. Let's look at the first point and we'll have that up on the screen here behind me. Behold, celebrate Jesus as the great news, as the good news and our great joy. Celebrate Jesus as the good news and our great joy. Look at verse eight with me. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. This is a background, this is a context for our passage here today. It says in the same region, if you look back in the last few verses before the verse that we read, you see that there's a census being taken in this land. And so the head of the household was to return to their birthplace. In this case, it would be Joseph with Mary returning to Bethlehem. And further that context, we read that there are shepherds shepherds around Bethlehem, keeping watch over their sheep at night. I was a youth pastor in England for a number of years, and uh, we raised support to serve in that ministry, and uh, to help our support, I worked on a farm for a number of uh, summers. And one of our responsibilities on that farm was to herd sheep from one end of the farm to the other. I gotta tell you, if you love sheep, I'm not trying to offend you, but they are dumb animals. (laughs) They are so prone to wandering off and just doing the craziest things and when one goes, the rest of them follows. So that's the context of the passage that we have here, to keep watch over the sheep, making sure none of them were stolen, none of them were wandered off, none of them were attacked by wild animals. And this is what the text means then when they were keeping watch over their sheep in Bethlehem and it was in the middle of the night. Can you imagine this? Just the stillness and the quietness and the darkness of night. And then look at verse nine at what happens next. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. An angel appeared to them. So the shepherds were doing their job and then suddenly, boom, boom, An angel appeared. Can you imagine what it had been like for those shepherds? As their eyes adjusted? They couldn't say to each other, hey, do you remember when the angel last appeared to us? Don't worry about that. They would have been shocked to see this situation. Based on the previous few verses of this book, the book of Luke, it's widely held that this angel is Gabriel. For the Jews, Gabriel is considered one of the most important angels, right up there with Michael. In fact, as you look throughout Scripture, you see that there's only a handful of named angels. And it says that the glory of the Lord shone all around them. This word word literally means to illuminate the sky. Anybody ever seen the Northern Lights before? I lived in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Am I the only person that's ever seen the Northern Lights? Come on, don't be shy with those hands. It's an amazing thing to behold. I've seen them in, when I've been fishing in Canada and when we lived in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And you see the different textures and the different light as it fills the sky. Imagine that times a thousand and you start to get the picture here. The whole sky was filled with brightness. What a picture this is of the power of God. Jesus truly is the light of the world. And church family, peace comes when we look to him. Even in the darkest of times that we sometimes go through. But look at how the shepherds respond quite understandably, quite humanly, quite naturally. And they were filled with great fear. They were terrified. The wording literally means here, They were frightened terribly. You could use this word, they were petrified, frozen with fear, seized with fear, sensing fear massively. Have you ever been there? Filled with great fear? Sat in the doctor's office and the doctor starts to share the diagnosis the phone rings and you pick it up and you've got that unexpected call and your whole world goes in a different direction. You hit the thermostat and nothing happens and the the, the furnace is cold. You put the car in drive and nothing happens. When we talk about peace, Is God saying here that none of those things will ever happen? No church, there's something far, far greater and eternal in the peace that God is talking about from this passage. So much more than an emotional feeling. He's not talking to you in this passage or to these angels to say you need to just push through or you need to just pretend that everything is good and smile. Church, he's inviting you even today to look to him. And that's exactly what the angel encourages the shepherds to do in this next verse. Look at verse 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not. I love it when God says that. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people an angel said to them the angel is sent from God and speaks to them don't get lost in the fact that this story is so familiar to us all and miss the power of these words church grab this when we're seeking peace in our lives when those unexpected events happen Listen, God is always speaking, but church, are we listening? If you're looking for peace in circumstances, if you're seeking peace just as a feeling or an emotion, church family, you're looking in the wrong place. True peace comes from God speaking through his word, through his spirit through his son. Many of us know Psalm 46 verse 10 be still and know that I am God. It doesn't say be still and feel that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And the angel says to them fear not. This is written in the imperative tense. It's it's a command form speaking with authority from God do not fear if the shepherds relied on their perceptions on their emotions it's understandable that fear would be their logical response but the shepherd uh, sorry the angel invites the shepherds to look to God i wrote this down in my preparation and you might want to write this down the good news of Christmas is that peace isn't found in the absence of problems. It's found in the presence of Jesus, amen? It's not found in the absence of promise, uh, problems. That's not the promise that God gives and that Jesus fulfills. It's the presence of Jesus as we're gonna see. I believe someone in church needs to hear these words written from God's word. To you. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. Bring you great news with great joy, and it will be for all the people. Shepherds then hear this message from the angel. And his appearing is not to scare them, not to terrify them, but to deliver this most important message that we need to remember here today. I bring you good news that will be for you great joy. This news was foretold by God and is about to be fulfilled through Jesus. And this message, church, is for all people. God is bringing salvation to humanity for all of those who respond to him. And look at what that good news is in verse 11. For unto you is born This day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This promise of a Savior had been foretold hundreds of years before Jesus was born. For unto you this day is born, this day. Now is the day that the Savior will be born, fulfilling God's promises. Do you realize that God is a promise making, promise keeping God as we've heard over the last few weeks? There are so many promises that God spoke in the Old Testament that are fulfilled through Jesus. Verses that speak about Jesus coming from David's family line. Verses that speak about Jesus being born in Bethlehem. Verses that speak about him being God, Messiah, Emmanuel, the chosen one, Lord over all, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior. Here is just one of those promises fulfilled. It's found in Micah, the book of Micah, the Old Testament small prophet, small in the size of the book, not the person who wrote it. Micah chapter five verse two says this, but you Bethlehem, though you are small amongst the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be the ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. This was written hundreds of years before Jesus' birth. I love the wording of Luke chapter 2, verse 11. I love how the names of Jesus reveal his character, his nature, and his power. Jesus is Savior, Christ. Lord, Savior, Redeemer, your Savior, your Redeemer, the one who will save his people from their sins. We all need saving, we all need a Savior, and Jesus is that Savior. He is Messiah, the chosen one, the promised one, given hundreds of years before in a promise, and now this day is the day that we remember his birth. And then finally, Lord, he is Lord over all. He is ruler. Listen, COVID did not get away from him. Cancer doesn't overpower him. Our responses to him don't impact him. He is Lord over all, he is ruler, he is in charge. So how should we respond? today, on Boxing Day. It's funny that a person born in England is speaking to you when it's about 50 degrees outside and foggy, we brought that to you for a little bit of nostalgia this morning. You're, you're welcome for that, if you're at home watching, I hope you're warm and comfy. Um, it was fun kind of driving in, a little nostalgic, as I said, here's what Boxing Day is not, okay? It's not too much time with your family leading to this kind of boxing, so we're not doing that in the parking lot afterwards, okay? It's also not uh, a chance for you to go and recycle all your boxes. In fact, I'd probably suggest you don't do that today, right? So it's not that kind of boxing, and it's also not returning all of your packages to Amazon because you didn't want them, okay? There's several kind of stories that go to explain Boxing Day, but in in the United Kingdom and a number of countries around the world, uh, the, the kind of most familiar story dates back to the early 1800s. If you've ever watched Downton Abbey, then you can kind of picture this scene, okay? Lords of the manor, people that had title, people that are in the royal line, uh, aristocrats, people of wealth, they would normally entertain large family gatherings on Christmas Day. So all of their workers, all of their servants would be required to work on Christmas Day. Boxing Day, the day after Christmas Day, they would have the day off and the leader of the home, the head of the household, would give to the servants or the workers uh, boxes. Sometimes it would have small gifts, special food, or sometimes a little cash in there, and they were given those boxes on a day off. That's where the tradition comes from. So you can tell other people, if they're interested, to know where Boxing Day comes from now, all right? Um, I can tell you're super excited <laughs> about that this morning. <laughs> One person is interested, thank you for that. If you think about it this way, maybe some of you received a holiday bonus. That's kind of what is taking place here. For me, growing up in England, Boxing Day was a very special day. Christmas was usually the day that we get together with our immediate family. Then Boxing Day was the time that we got together with our wider family, and for me, that would be 50 or 60 people that would gather at my uncle's house and there would be relatives that I'd only see that one time each year. It was a day of celebration. We would have food, we'd have games. It was an awesome time. It's a time to be with family. And talking of family, indulge me for a moment. I want to show you a picture of why yesterday was a deli- celebration for us. Uh, this is a picture of my granddaughter and I. She's the little one. That's as big a smile as I can possibly master on that day. So she's actually here in the service this morning. Her name is Ivy, she's five months old and she's cuter than your grandchild. <laughs> <clears throat> I have the microphone, so. <laughs> Complaints can be sent to Mike Klomfenstein at some point. <clears throat> but that's what Christmas is about, right church? It's a chance to get together with your family. It's a day of celebration that we can get together. Church, let's not let the busyness of the season get away from us that we forget the most important response, and that's a response of worship. To remember, in the words of verse 11 here, that he is Savior, that he is Christ, that he is Lord. So, church, before we move on to this second point, let me just ask you this simple question. Whether you're at home or whether you're here, have you taken time to worship him yet this Christmas? Have you paused on all the activities and all the excitement and the enjoyment of the day to just thank him, to lift up his name, to thank you for the gift of life, of family, salvation? Our second point today is this, worship, worship. Praise the one who is our peace. Worship, praise the one who is our peace. Look at verse 12 with me. This is awesome. So the angel has appeared. He's started to give this message to the shepherds. And he continues on in verse 12. And this will be a sign for you. How gracious is God to give us such clear messages from him. And you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Think about this as we read this verse. We aren't told exactly where these shepherds are, but we do know enough to say that they are in walking distance from Bethlehem. And so it's completely plausible. It's it's possible that these weren't just some farmer sheep. These are sheep set aside for temple sacrifices. What a picture that is of the one who will come to be the ultimate sacrifice to pay sin's debt once and for all. Jesus, Messiah, Lord. How will they know this baby from all other babies? You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Church, this is huge. We've just read of this massive entrance of an angel. The sky illuminated with his presence. This message from God. And then in contrast, we have the humility of Jesus, Messiah, Savior, Lord, and his birth. How will they know this chosen one? He's gonna be wrapped in swaddling cloth. That's maybe something that doesn't transfer to us in our understanding, but this, for the original readers especially, would picture a humble birth, an impoverished birth. See, this baby, who is Savior, Lord, Messiah, isn't born in a palace. He's not even born in a house. He's born in a feeding barn for animals, lying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling cloths. Remember I said a moment ago, God is always speaking to us. How gracious it is of God to lead these shepherds to the one promised to the one fulfilling God's promises, to the baby in a manger. Church family, he's doing the same for you here today through his word, guiding you to Jesus. Look at verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, let's just hold there a second, And suddenly, as the angel is giving this message, giving the promise of this child to come, telling them how they will find this child, the sky is filled with angels. There's a multitude, it says, of heavenly hosts. Another word for this word multitude, we could use the word army. There is an army of angels in the sky. Again, picture yourself with the shepherds that day. You're hearing from an angel who's just appeared to you, telling you that the Messiah has come, the one that you've been waiting for for your whole life. And now there's this worship service happening all around you. Can you see how huge this message is from God? How powerfully, how clearly God is speaking. Let's land on verse 14 for a few moments. Glory to God in the highest. All right, so I'm going to give you a second to prepare yourself because I want you to say that and we're going to pretend to be the angels for a moment, okay? So you need to bring your A game. Are you ready? We're going to say glory to God in the highest. Let's Let's say it big and let's say it loud. Glory to God in the highest. I mean, if you're the shepherds and you're hearing this, You are blown away by the content of this message and now by this huge worship service. Glory to God in the highest. This is a statement of worship, both in praise for Jesus from the angels, but it's also for the benefit of the hearers it's worship from the from the angels but it's for the benefit also of the shepherds so they understand what's happening here the true extent of what this message is saying you could say this that this worship service is both a declaration and a testimony glory to god we use that phrase a lot glory to god but what do we mean by this it means that we're responding to God in part, giving our attention to him, giving the worship to him. If anything good is happening, we're saying glory to God because it's all about him, it's not about us. It, It means that we're responding with our heads and our hearts. With our heads, we're recognizing no matter how we feel, no matter what situation that we're in, no matter what our circumstances, any of those things, we're recognizing that God Is here that he is Messiah, that he is Lord, that he is Savior. We're remembering his character, his nature, his power, his sovereignty. With our with our heads and with our hearts, we're responding as we hear this message, and we say in response, "I desperately need a Savior." A Messiah and a Lord. We all need a Savior, a Messiah and Lord. Many times our pastor walks us through the ABC, the A being that we're accepting that Jesus is Lord. It's the beginning of a response to God. I'm recognizing as I hold my brand new, beautiful granddaughter. How can you believe that she just came by chance? I know my son, he's awesome, but he can't do anything that good. I'm just, no offense to you, Luke, right? What a picture that is as I hold her in my arms, and as she starts to respond and smile, it speaks of the power of God in just a small way, with the creases in the right places, a skull over her head, eyes, and a mouth to express voice as she starts signing out words. Like I said, she's cuter than your grandchildren. (laughs) We accept that Jesus is Lord. We believe in our hearts. It's more than just a mental assent. It's more than we're just coming in. In James it says even the demons believe and shudder, but they're not responding. Believe. I'm trusting in Jesus no matter how I feel, no matter what situation I'm in. And then thirdly, we're confessing. He is Lord. He is sovereign. He is Messiah. In the face of being afraid, in the face of being worried and anxious, I look to him. Look at what the text said here. Glory to God in the highest. It's not some leftover thought. Oh yeah, we're just about to eat. We we should pray now. It's our first thought. We trust him knowing in our hearts that there will be trouble, difficulties, challenges and trials. But knowing that we can truly understand peace as God meant it to be. And look at that phrase, peace on earth. If you're here this morning and you're thinking, well, it doesn't Feel very peaceful. I, I don't feel very close to God today. But let me encourage you with a few thoughts this morning to, to encourage your thinking in response to this. In my role here in our church, and I love our church, I love what God's doing here. I'm so grateful for the uh, huge privilege of being part of the team here. And we regularly come up. Uh, and talk to people that are going through deep trials, even this week, life-changing trials. And from a human perspective, you think, how can they possibly know peace? But the peace God brings, as we're gonna see, is far greater than just an emotional feeling or a circumstance. Yesterday was a great day for the Knight family. We were all together. Uh, It was a great day. Nobody was crabby, not even me. But we know that days like that aren't forever, are they? There will be difficult times. So how can we know peace like Jesus comes to bring us here? I wrote down the five things that I think of when I think about peace on earth. And the first one is the very most important thing. I have peace because I'm in relationship with God. Whatever happens whatever God brings my way I am saved I am redeemed not because I'm a wonderful person but because I have an amazing savior I'm forgiven hey listen the very worst sinner in this room whoever that is you are forgiven by the shed blood of Jesus Christ you are promised eternal life Romans 6.23 says this, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the free gift of God, is eternal life through Jesus Christ my Lord. I can know peace because I am in right relationship with God. Even when I'm on isolation with COVID, even when that unexpected phone call comes, whatever happens, I'm in right relationship with God and I pray that brings peace To your soul. Secondly, and this is such a message for Christmas Jesus is always with me. One of the names that we read in Isaiah and Matthew given to Jesus is the name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. You are never alone, you are never truly isolated. says in Hebrews 13, verse five, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. have the opportunity each week to look through the prayer sheet. As our pastor said in the announcement, we've spent a lot of time looking through that and the prayer team that I'm part of, we, we pray through that. And some of you have written the same prayer request every week for as long as I've been here, for the year that I've been here. And you're waiting on that prayer request Church, you're not waiting by yourself. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And as you pray again and again and again, we can know peace because Jesus is with us. Thirdly, God is in control. One of the names that we heard for Jesus is Lord, meaning that he has a plan. One of our kids, we talked about this so much, one of our kids kind of struggled with anxiety and in the end, we, we print it up as big as we could. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. This is an awesome couple of verses to put to memory if you wrestle with worrying. It says this, do not be anxious about anything. That kind of covers the whole list, doesn't it? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. So don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And listen to this. And the peace of God that surpasses all All understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. My peace doesn't come because I feel it or it's been a great day. My peace comes because I know that God is in control and God has a plan. Thirdly, fourthly, sorry, eternity is coming. No matter how deep a trial this is, at its very worst, it's only temporary. There will come a day when cancer will be gone when COVID will be gone, when that broken relationship or that person that's far from God. One day, all of those things will be gone. Revelation 21 verse four talks about that. And then fifthly, I look for peace in God's word. That's where we go when we're needing peace. If you look at the laments in the Psalms, that's where they don't go. They don't turn away from God. They turn to God with their laments. And we're looking into God's word. We're not looking to our emotions. We're not looking to our circumstances. We we so often, I know I say this too, I want a fresh experience with God today. And we wonder sometimes, why does God feel so distant from me? Listen, when we have his word in front of us, the primary tool in which he uses to communicate to us, he is ever present ever speaking to us. How many times this year have we opened up our Bibles and it's though that verse was written just for us? We look for peace in God's word. When we have his word as the primary tool, peace comes to us. Listen, experience, perceptions, emotions, They have to be filtered through the Word of God, not the other way around. We don't filter God's Word through how we feel or what we're experiencing. It's the other way around. God's Word is our authority, and that's where our peace comes from. Let me close with this picture. Our family used to go to uh, vacation in Cornwall, and uh, in a second here we'll put a picture of a lighthouse up. There's not too many lighthouses in central Illinois. Um, but in England there's a bunch of those because we have a lot of this kind of weather that you can see. This is Godrevy Lighthouse. It's in the far southwest of the United Kingdom in a county called Cornwall. Beautiful, beautiful place. The weather's not unusual to change kind of like that there. Uh, You can see this is a relatively calm day. Uh, Godrevy Lighthouse was built in 1868. Anybody that old this morning? 1868, it's hard to kind of get our heads around that. It's 160 years old. And there it is stood for 160 years. Think how many storms have come through. Did a bit of research this past week. The highest recorded wave, get this, is 40 foot. Can you imagine that in the context of this room? You're sat here and a 40 foot wave is coming at you. What a picture of a life-changing trial that is. The highest recorded wind is just under hundred miles an hour. And there it stood for 160 years. The lighthouse keeper safe inside, no matter what storm is going on around. Purposes of a lighthouse is pretty simple. It's to warn shipping that there's rugged rocks. And there's a bunch of those in this area. It is to protect them, to keep them safe, to warn and to protect. Church family, picture this. The peace that God promises is like a lighthouse in the storm. No matter what is happening around us, we are safe because of our Savior, because of our Messiah, and because of our Lord. That's the peace that the angel promises here. Jesus, is our strong foundation jesus is the prince of peace as i said it's not the absence of a storm it's the promise of a savior we grow in peace when we look to him let's pray together